Prime Video presents the Emmy-eligible comedy series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, from writer-director Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino, and starring Rachel Brosnahan. Season four is funnier and gutsier than ever before, raves Awards Daily. The direction is top-notch. For your consideration in all categories, including Outstanding Comedy Series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is streaming now on Prime Video. Welcome to the Angler Hot Seat Podcast. I'm Tatiana Siegel, your host today, with Angler Editorial Director Richard Rushfield and Angler Contributor Sean McNulty. Hello to you both. Hello to you, Tatiana. Hello, Sean. Hey, guys. How are you? Now we're good here. Uh, please like and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts every day. And remember to subscribe today to The Angler, which the New York Times calls a hit Hollywood newsletter. This week, we will break down the stories that are dominating the conversation. From Lightyear's less than spectacular launch to Netflix giving pink slips to another 300 staffers, bringing total layoffs at the streamer to around 450. So let's start with Disney, guys, uh, which continues to dodge one bad headline after another. The company's stock, which is the only thing that matters to the board, hit a 52-week low this week. Uh, Lightyear definitely stumbled out of the gate, and there has been a lot of takes on what happened here. The most absurd explanation to me is that Minions was the cause because it's sort of nipping at Lightyear's heels and took away some of of its audience. But Richard and Sean, what's your read on what exactly went wrong here? It's a confusing movie. Um, No one really knew what it's, you know, I just think it's the movie. I, I really don't think there was a lot uh, else to look at here. There was the controversy, but I really question how much any of this stuff really puts a big, I mean, a big dent in this. It was $20 million under the estimate. That's not people being outraged, not showing up. Like if it was five or 10 million, you could probably make that argument, but to be 20 million under the low estimate, that's going to be something else going on here where they did a big marketing span. Disney didn't, you know, skimp on that was marketing. It was everywhere. Certainly, this movie it had no direct. It's a Toy Story movie, but had no real Toy Story ishness to it. I guess, for lack of a better term, I think it's just a confusing movie. And I've read this, and I don't have any kids, but you know, it didn't appeal to young girls. Like it was a boy skewing movie. So you're kind of, you know, the thing about Pixar is generally a big catch all for all the you know, all the demos. And I think this one might have left some people out in terms of interest on this. So that's kind of where I leave it. And you know. I didn't see it, um, but the exit scores were not as high as other Pixar films. So, so I don't know that it was as well liked, and the word of mouth on this was as great as, say, a Finding Dory or any, you know, all the big hits that we know and love from Pixar. So, I really just attributed it to it's just not one of their, you know, better outings. Um, but that's my own personal take, Richard. I, I know you've done some toy research on this as well, which I found <laughs> interesting. You told that me I about. Have. I, I have been uh, doing some actual shoe leather reporting on this. I I, I left the uh, the ankler lair here and uh, actually went to Target, and I can report that on the on the, the so so Target is actually my I, I find it like the best meter of uh, enthusiasm for family movies because the the moment that uh, toys you know they get they get everything out there and the moment that toys are not moving on some title they yanked them off those shelves uh you know a heartbeat um and so i was i was there on monday the day after 
the day after uh, uh, Lightyear came out, and I searched high and low, and there was not a, to- a Lightyear toy to be found in all of Target, uh, which is interesting because Lightyear himself is, uh, as you know from Toy Story, a toy, and the the kind of breakout character of this, if there is a breakout character, there's, there's this robot cat in, in the film that uh, everything, and you would, who's also basically a toy. And uh, so I looked around and no robot cats anywhere. So the, the so question Target I had, cleared them out, or like, is that they were not, they were, they, they, they weren't sold out, right? Richard, that's not no, they weren't. <laughs> and, and I asked if there had, I asked if there had been uh, robot cats. So, so my question is, um, is the has it been so long since there was a new theatrical Pixar relief that that the the merchandising machinery has just gotten a little creaky here, or did they see that this was not going to be a, a huge hit, or uh, or or and and also the the boy girl thing, Target Target very clearly has boy shelves and girl shelves, so uh, so they they want toys just just for boys. That is not a problem. Yeah. Um, well, I'd say one problem with this movie is the toy has been bought. Uh, Buzz Lightyear, yeah. <laughs> everybody who has a Buzz Lightyear wants one, and this new cat is new to me. I've never heard. Of it. I mean, I don't know. Again, not the target demo here. Um, but you know, the merch wasn't like a minion or something like that, where I think is a little more like uh, lovable and things. And uh, I, you know, so that's that's it's, it's interesting a robot to hear you cat having... that is sort of in personality, sort of a, very clearly a cross between R two D two and C three PO. Uh, Okay. Uh, Also, like this movie uh, didn't have any like really catchy music to go with it. And uh, I have a daughter um, who would be in, I guess, the demo or I have a son, too. So um, I am not hearing them talking about the music. In fact, my daughter has been playing incessantly. You've got a friend in me because it's in her piano recital this (laughs) week. And (laughs) so I, you know, they are very familiar with all of the Pixar music that is like with any of these movies. And I mean, am I wrong? There's like no kind of like catchy music going on. No, there's there's not at all. And I mean, just to take it back a step, I mean, there, there's nothing Toy Story, as, as Sean says about this. It's not, it's not a Toy Story movie at all. It doesn't look like Toy Story. It has some weird thematic link to it. But it's, it, it's pretty clearly a straight ad- adventure. So if this were, if, say, Sony or Paramount released this and it was a standalone adventure film, like, it would be a okay result for that. Yeah, look, fifty million is not horrible. It's just yeah. you know, it was more that the projection was you know, I mean, Coco was the comp that did fifty million back in twenty eighteen or whatever it was. So you know, Pixar films that are original and not a sequel of the Toy Story or Cars two or whatever, it's not unheard of for it to do it. It was just I think the expectation was higher. Um, when when was the last time that Pixar launched an original non sequel title in theatrically? Well, the outward right before the pandemic was their last movie in theaters. And that was an original, which obviously had its own <laughs> thing to deal with back in March of 2020. Um, but I think Richard, your point, you know, and again, it's all theoretical, but the past few Pixar films have been at home. Uh, the last being turning red more controversially back, you know, in, in the springtime, people have gotten used to watching Pixar, new Pixar films at home. And they probably, you know, there is that, factor in your mind of like oh, i'll just catch it on disney plus and there wasn't that need to see theatrical factor where maybe this one will have i'm curious to see when but the movie this, goes to disney plus actually i gotta say this didn't even feel like a pixar film to me it, it felt much more like a straight disney animation film it uh besides for that 
linked to Toy Story, uh, the lineage. I mean, it was it was a, it was a straight space adventure with right. uh, you know it tried it had a, a a heavy-handed moral thrown in throughout it, but uh, but that was that and the the animation was often beautiful, but but it 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 felt like a pretty standard animated film. Yeah, the harsh. So maybe this was a a case of like the perfect storm of of multiple factors that kind of brought this adventure ship down, if you will. Um, There's also weak. I mean, listen, kids are now out of school officially. Like you know, it's a little early. At least in the East Coast here, I know that varies around the country. About what it is in LA, but you know, so it may have a cup that has you know this week to itself. And then, as you said, Minions is probably going to clean up all the money in the world on july 1st so it'll take whatever it can get so let's give it a you know let's see what happens this weekend but when kids are out of school but uh yeah i, think I love by the way that minions office tie-in uh like you uh, know where the there was the jello mold for our audience members bravo. who didn't catch it it was like very clever sort of uh cross marketing between steve carell who's a voice in minions steve carell of the office and it had like this uh minion in the office they recreated the opening the opening uh, sequence from the the sitcom. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And uh, usually, those ideas, having been some inside a conglomerate, get killed very early. As we're not going to, you know, different creatives, different rights, and to pull that off internally. But bravo to Universal and Peacock I mean, for so, just putting someone can write a book someday on minions as kind of the the perfect uh, kind of marketing, merchandising, cinematic execution. Because this is what the the fifth or sixth minions film now? Uh, at least four or five. I don't think it's six. I yeah. think maybe it's four or five. Whatever it is, it's yeah, yeah. You're counting and, Despicable Me as well. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. Okay. Seven, yeah. One, two, yeah. Three, yeah. And then I mean, they're still milking it for plenty of opportunity. It doesn't. It doesn't feel stale at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, the toys. Uh, I will. I'll be reporting on the ground at Target uh, next week. But uh, please do give us the, the report. Give, yeah. <laughs> Give us the shelf space, um, you know, how many inches it's occupying, because the angler needs to know this. Um, All right. So back to final question on Lightyear. Is it fair to place this minus in Bob Jacobs' column? Um, Because, I mean, he didn't greenlight the movie. It would have been Bob Iger, correct? Probably at this point. Yeah, I mean, those films take so long. I mean... He it was his call to put the films on Disney Plus. So if the, if you're going to cite that as a factor of the soul and turning red and all, you know that was his that was his call. So if you're going to fault that, then yes. If you're going to fault the creative on this, no. But you also want to bet against a Toy Story movie as an executive. You know, be my guest. So it's a little bit of a a hard thing to say that I'm, it was. I'm you know, calling it a, wa- a wash for. Yeah, for I would probably agree on that. Okay, so Bob Chapek, um, will he be Disney CEO a year from now? I want both of you, starting with Richard, to give me your percentage odds. Uh, 71% yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go a little lower. I'll go, I'll go 62 uh, on that. I think the second... It's oh man, uh, the his, Disney doesn't have a history of it, but I think it's gonna be a rough second half of the year. I think those Disney Plus numbers are not gonna are gonna be pretty not great uh, in Q through Q three and Q four, and that's when his contract has to be renewed. Um, so that board uh, message from the board of conf- message of confidence from the board uh, now may be a different take later on. But uh, but it's also said who's gonna come in to replace him, and that's really the larger thing of like okay. 
may not be doing so great, but who else you got? And uh, I know, Richard, you just did a, a whole large piece on who else is still out there. And I wasn't seeing someone like, oh, here's an obvious choice other than Bob Iger to come back uh, to run Disney as a, as a company. Yeah. And, and, and for them to not just to, for them to admit a mistake in their own uh, in their own decision and in Iger's decision, and then potentially bring back someone that Iger had fired that they had smiled on. I, that's, that's a lot of, that's, that's a lot of sort of disaster, right? Catastrophizing for what, what isn't a total catastrophe at, at this point. And at, at this uh, point, um, and don't, and don't forget uh, the, the biggest thing coming uh, avatar and I, and true. how that, that is end of year. Yep. That's true. That may that may help uh, save the day. But uh, one one fun fact is also the Allen and Company retreat. The media uh, was a summer camp for moguls is coming up after July fourth. Uh, Iger and uh, Capek will both be there reportedly, so that should be an interesting uh, for the media gossips and uh, the, the week after July fourth. And Tatiana, what's your percent? Uh... Yes, please. Boy, um, I'm gonna go with uh, maybe seventy five percent. Um, I, I, I feel like he, they don't, they give him a little more time before. And as Richard and Sean have mentioned, not a whole slew of people that you could replace him with. Um, and by the way, Richard, what kind of feedback did you get from your column from people who did not make the list? (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, the, the worst, the dumbest thing you can ever do as a journalist in Hollywood is to write a list, uh, because you, guarantee yourself a week of calls of uh, people angry that you that you left them off people who are even angrier that you put them on it um people who thought they should have been a, a different section uh everybody telling you that uh that you 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 missed this imp- important person and that the people that you put on are uh, ridiculous and those people never uh, had studios so uh that that that's basically the the feedback but uh i was just asking questions as they say yeah and and lists will will always get you not in the headline um okay so on to warner brothers which is launching its elvis presley movie this week and the tracking has been sort of all over the map we've seen 20 million or 30 million depending upon which trade you're reading i'm told that warner thinks it'll be closer to 30 million um now richard you wrote a column yesterday where you talked about the pros and cons of this movie. Let's review with the pros and then take me through the cons. Uh, the, the, uh, I mean, the, the Elvis movie, the, uh, the you know, I, I, I'm going to pass it over. I, I believe that was Sean who, uh, who, who, uh, who, who had, oh my had oh, the brilliant uh, pros and cons. People confuse okay. us all the time, Tatiana. It's all I good. That's, you know, I yeah. <laughs> If I had them, if if I if I had if I had them at the on the tip of my tongue, I'd be happy to take credit and steal them from your shot. Uh, Either would, uh, I would be happy to do so. Um, you know, I mean, it's got a lot. It said uh, Deadline had it at twenty plus, Variety had it at thirty, which you know that's a thirty three percent difference, which is like we have no idea what this film's going to do. The biggest problem Elvis is facing is just the marketplace. You have just the raw numbers of just how movies are going. Top Gun will probably. Stay 
still do over 30 million this weekend. That movie just will not stop. Jurassic, if it falls 50%, it'll still do about $30 million. Lightyear, if it falls 50%, which may or may not, but still do 25 million. And you have a new film, uh, The Black Phone, coming in, which is projected at 15 to 20, and horror films generally do better than they're tracking. So you've got four films doing over $20 million to compete with. There's just only so much marketplace to to take uh and that's the biggest number one challenge number two is the running time it's two hours and 40 minutes and as we all know the longer the film the fewer times you can show it in a day and that film is not going to get the batman treatment where it's going to be in 20 theaters and a movie theater is not going to give it the screens uh to bump it up to five or six thousand it's on 3900 which is certainly a wide release but you can only play it so many times a day which is going to limit the number of tickets you sell um, but overall here and the response I got from the piece, uh, that I put up this morning was, you know, do people, does anybody care about Elvis? And, uh, you know, that's really the biggest problem I think that, and the question mark, I mean, you don't know, but, uh, I'm in my mid forties and I, you know, have a mild curiosity about him, but I didn't grow up on his music. So was anybody, I, I put it generously born before or born after 1980, really care about Elvis or really care to find out if they don't know, because you just, you know, uh, I think Richard, you had said something that you don't hear his music everywhere where other popular biopics that have come out, whether that's uh, queen with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or, you know, rocket man, Elton John, his, their music is still being played in a round where Elvis is, yeah, Elton John is still touring. Still touring, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he was Dua Lipa. You know, he's out there. Yeah, Elvis is, uh, you know, kind of that the story stopped in the mid 70s. Um, so that's probably the biggest X factor. I think that people are not, you know, I think the competition is a legit factor. I think that number one, there, even if it was amazingly anticipated, you just have a lot of competition out there right now. But number two is, I think there's a lot of question. It, well, what's the Elvis curiosity out there and a, and a star who hasn't led a film or has any kind of recognition, you know, Romeo and Juliet had Leo, but Leo at least had some momentum at that point. You know, he wasn't the name he is now, but uh, you know, uh, you're li- and Tom and Great Gatsby is- as well. Like, and great, well, of course, great yeah. Gatsby. Yes, exactly, exactly. But they had young stars, but they had done things. Austin had, doesn't really have a credit. Uh, this is a brand new face. He's great. I mean, he looks amazing, but you know, there's nothing there for any recognition. And the one guy you do have, Tom Hanks, is unrecognizable and barely either physically or even uh, the way he's speaking. So that's all the, the it questions. bothered you quite a bit. In, in your uh, column, just, you, you were very traumatized oh, every time he spoke. I mean, I, I've, I've been I've I've been doing a little more. I'm living in New York, but I've been I was in the suburbs for the week, driving and was hearing listening to a lot of radio, and they have been buying a lot of radio ads. And he he says forbidden fruit in a really creepy way, and it's in every ad, and it just gives me the uh, every time I was like, not that bite, no, not that bite. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's fine in the film when you've heard it, but out of context, listening to a 30 second radio ad, it definitely was. A little bit of that. So anyway, it's a little um, bit unnerving. The other unnerving. problem with with Elvis is, you know, it does this big, expensive, splashy can bow, but it mm. did it in like towards the end, where almost everyone mm. I knew was gone. So it didn't really capitalize on that. Like, um, you know, like you, you get that big, like European opening where it sort of has, like, t- I think Top Gun. It actually helped Top Gun, even though it wasn't the first place Top Gun premiered, but um, it, you know, it, it had that like second day at can wow factor. Yeah. Elvis was like on the 10th day, I think. And, and like pretty much most people were gone at that point. So it didn't really have that, like get the, the mileage in the, of what you would normally get out of a big expensive can opening. 
Yeah. Well, it's, think, it's interesting the, the way it's uh, positioned because the people who who do still think about Elvis uh, and 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 could open a movie for there are, are are Middle Americans where uh, you know in the in, in the heartland Elvis is is he still king or uh, I think or he's. Yeah, the kingdom's you know, Graceland is still one of the most popular activity uh, yeah. destinations. So yeah, I, I give them that. Yeah, sure. But the Baz Luhrmann treatment, the Baz Luhrmann con treatment, has just just skewed it in a way that's uh, and you know emphasizing uh, Elvis as this sort of transgressive figure um, has has skewed it in a way that's definitely not making a pitch towards Elvis's natural fan base who's still around and you know through those they're not uh not not young folk but uh but are still out there so it, it's it's a weird um it, it's a weird you know it, it it's kind of like the the elvis that that baz lerman fans like sort of like him as kitsch a kitsch figure not not uh and i, I don't know if kitsch is enough to uh to, to sell a film yeah, you know what they needed to do? They needed to put an Elvis song onto Stranger Things, like because you got Kate Bush's running up that hill, number one on the charts again, higher than it ever was in the '80s, and this is a forty-year-old song. So, um, I, I think that's how you attach the the for, cultural for all mankind. Uh, one of my uh, favorite movies has, has an Elvis song. Uh, uh, is actually a major plot point is around a, a, an Elvis song. Uh, that comes back this season too. So, uh, but uh, but maybe it's not. But, but it's not Elvis's version that they play. Weirdly, so hmm. go figure. Not, not doing it, Tatiana. Though, good call. That was nice. You know, you you missed your calling. That would have been a great marketing tie-in. But yeah. uh, Kate Bush was all over pop radio this week. That song is like on like the pop stations now, which is just awesome, but also just a little crazy. But uh, yeah, the you know the the in the soundtrack for this, uh, I posted a song today. It's an Eminem and CeeLo song that yeah, the soundtrack is a lot of other artists doing kind of new songs. And it's not, you know, so it's an interesting it's it's it is it's it's Boss Lerman. It's like, you know, it's just a it's its own thing, but just the usual things to kind of grab onto are not really out in the ether there so it's uh, i think got a lot of people in town questioning you know it's 85 million dollar budget it's not 150 you know it's okay. I, I actually find that number hard to but i think yeah it's higher. i thought when i read that i was surprised so please go ahead and also it, remember it had to shut down because of covid tom hanks was like celebrity number one to get covid remember back in yeah. uh mm-hmm. march 2020 and he was filming the movie at the time yeah. and so you know that was that can't be cheap maybe they recouped some of that via insurance but i find that number a little bit yeah. hard to believe but yeah i mean we'll it was shot in australia you know the australia tax credit too if that was something that came into but i thought 85 was a little low especially with tom hanks just salary or then ben uh, Baz's salary. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the, great, um, the great, the great advantage this film has is that uh, is that all the people that you might blame for it are gone. So there's no one. Uh, so uh, so David Zasloff and Mike DeLuca and Pam Addy uh, say, yeah, we, we, yeah, we wouldn't debate it. What do you? What are you talking about? From an executive point of view, everyone is very insulated. You know, back to light year, call it a wash. This one, there's nobody at Warner Brothers taking uh, taking the fall for for this movie at all. So uh, that's an excellent point on the uh, WBD side of things. But you know, listen, there's also the international Elvis. You know, maybe the U.S. isn't great, but the international could certainly be strong on this. Um, 
Just are Elvis people. impersonators even a thing anymore? Does that is that just gone? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see any in Cannes, and I did see Michael Jackson impersonators and um, Mrs. Doubtfire impersonators, uh, oh. which is a oh. little unnerving. But um, no Elvis. Uh, haven't seen an Elvis impersonator in a lot in a long time. Amazing. And he's not in that. Now that I'm thinking about the marketing, he's never really presented in that white jumpsuit with the burns like they didn't really go with that that elvis in his like i'm sure it's in the movie to a degree but they were not pushing that impersonator look of elvis in in the marketing and in in the presentation so i think they're kind of straying away from that and going more toward richard to your point as the rebel the guy that kind of broke all the rules and you know that was which is an interesting take as opposed to that the the usual elvis presentation all right well let, we'll see how the movie does. Um, let's move on to Netflix. Uh, back to the Kate Bush running up the hill, but Matt Hill. Um, Netflix has laid off another 300 full-time employees this week, and that is on the heels of laying off 150. Now, this is out of 11,000, which is, you know, it's not a significant dent in the, in the company's labor pool. But, Sean, you've also noted that Netflix's business is, by far the most viable of all the streamers. So is all this reporting that Netflix is so doomed, just your typical Hollywood case of mass schadenfreude? Um, what do you think, Sean? It still feels a little piling on to me. It's They're in a tough stretch, no doubt about it. And, and in their last earnings call, they said they said they would lose, were projecting to lose 2 million subscribers in the second quarter, which is just ending uh, next week. So we'll find out that in the middle of, middle of July, but which is not, you know, they don't, they don't have quarters like that. So that's a real, you know, it's a canary in the coal mine thing. And that's where people are like, okay, something's off here. As a business, they're still a profitable business. They're not in trouble as a, you know, as I said in the wrote in the piece the this week that I wrote, you know, you have Disney losing nine hundred million dollars in a quarter. That's a bit of a that's a thing. Netflix made a, a billion six uh, in the first quarter in profit. So you know, understand your scope of like what business is in trouble here. Disney can account for it in other ways, but as a pure streaming business, the health is good. And the question is going to be where the subscribers are coming from that are losing. Is it in the U S is it in Asia is, you know, so that, which is, it's a more nuanced topic than, Oh, Netflix's business is like, well, Netflix is a very big business, but it's still twice the scale of the closest competitor. It still has these things going. Do they need to, are they late to the ad supported game? Probably a bit, but they're trying to, you know, make up time. Um, but you know, they haven't really a, explained how they're going to do it, right? They don't. Well, I mean, they're just there. That's what Ted, Ted was in, you know, can for the, uh, you know, the ad so, festival, the the, yeah. the Lions Festival. So you know, they're into it. They're on it. But um, it's just a matter of, uh, and then of course the recession came along that way. But it's really more a matter of they have to rein in some cost. It was just kind of like the Netflix, the famous SNL sketch of, you know, here's money go like that, that Netflix is over. What's the new Netflix is kind of like people don't know. And there's a little more austerity coming in again. that's what these light starting with these layoffs, which, you know, it was 5% of the workforce. It wasn't nothing, but as you said, it's a 11,000 uh, worldwide. So that's the first step. The second has been the reported, you know, kind of the, the $300 million showrunner deals are over, which I think we, everybody in town is, anywhere you're not getting that at warner brothers you're not getting that anywhere anymore so you know there's pullback are they going to make 70 films next year probably or this year probably not do they need to probably not so there's just these kind of conversations are more solidifying 
but it's just popular to kind of everybody everybody wanted to see Netflix you know take a take a stumble it's taken it and it's piled on how material that is we're going to we're going to find out a lot more in about, in about a month honestly anything else until those numbers come out it's pure speculation yeah and and by the way is there another streamer out there that could take a 40 year old song like running up that hill and put it number 1 at, that's you an know, ex, this, yeah who has that it, it, influence who has that influ- i mean in, in stranger things the one worrisome thing is it's got one more season well it's got half of one season and then a season 5 and then it'll be done um you know when game of thrones was coming to an end on hbo you you felt like they already had really great stuff kind of in the pipeline you had succession coming you had things that were going to still also move the needle but um i don't know uh i'm not quite sure what what the sort of next stranger things will be for netflix yeah and you know they they it's always been the problem there of they were trying to be everything for everyone like reed hastings had said once that that our goals have what everybody's favorite show, whatever your whatever your genre is, your favorite show, your demographic is, your favorite show will be on uh, Netflix or what is what was it they called it the taste cluster, whatever your taste cluster cluster is. <laughs> I, I um, hope that wasn't the name, but uh, I'm I not... think it was <laughs> for the um, Sean but... getting uh, unnerved getting, again. Yeah, I'm getting that that uh, that uh, Colonel Parker feeling again around here. Yeah, exactly. But it's uh, that's that's really hard to do to make a, a lot of shows for 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 everybody. And um, there have been indications that they were that 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 they were going to be doing. Uh, we talked about this last time, but but less prestige, more more broad shows. But they they uh, they 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 don't seem to have found a a path through this it's uh, they, they 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 absolutely they they absolutely can turn the direction around they can uh stabilize things but they have to but they have to make some moves and they have to change and you know they're 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 doing layoffs again there still have been no major uh major changes at the top there since this happened in months there's there's right and that... by the way is there a sense of where these layoffs are coming from that this they announced it today so for our listeners it'll be yesterday but um at this point like is, is there a single name person that has been usually when a studio does a round of layoffs this size there's at least one or two name executives there is one that is rumored but has not been announced yet today and I can't okay. uh, can't 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 confirm yet who that is, yeah. but uh, Ooh, okay. But, but there is a uh, there is a, a rumor a rumor name, but uh, not not in today's announcements thus far. Yeah, it was mostly but, described as legal and product, which are not going to. I mean, there are very very important people in those divisions, but it's not the uh, you know the 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 fit, the glow you know the the name out there. So a lot of that was going to be. Uh, you know, coming out in the next day or two, so maybe, but the initial round was legal and product was the first early word. I don't even know what product is. Is that um, that's, stocks, uh, the toys that's, uh, at, uh, at Target? That's your uh, computer things. <laughs> that's your running your app and making sure the, the trains run on time and uh, the tech and products and you user interface and things, all, the, all, all that kind of stuff uh, globally. So making sure the product looks good and works right, essentially. So, Okay, well, uh, like yeah, a year from now, who's going to be left standing? Because you have, as you say, Paramount, Peacock, 
both lost $450 million in one quarter. That is not a sustainable um, dollar figure. So will we see a Netflix and Paramount merge perhaps? The, it's it's, it's uh, the eternal rumor or, or Netflix and uh... – or or, or or Netflix and someone bigger, maybe uh, the uh, maybe Nef- maybe Netflix and, and Universal even. Um, but uh, I don't know. Everyone's it's I mean, the thing about Netflix is it's uh, is it's cheap now, and some someone could buy it. But everyone seems to be just sort of keeping their powder dry still and seeing where all, all this goes. Yeah, I mean, you know, pa- Comcast and Paramount have a service called Sky Showtime launching this year in uh, essentially all Eastern European countries, I think it's 20 or 22 or something like that. So, you know, they're kind of testing the waters and Paramount Plus is launching on Sky uh, for Sky subscribers in the UK and Germany in the, the, this year, just launched in the UK this week, is launching in other major European countries uh, in, the, in the months to come. So they're there's definitely overseas a lot of tie up going on with Paramount and Comcast. So whether that's just going to be purely partnership, but there's certainly, you know, there's some groundwork laid should the market turn and being in the streaming service business where you are losing hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars a quarter. If you don't see a, a, a path to profitability by 2024, which is what all these companies have kind of said, then maybe the math changes. So right now it's you know a little speculation, but I think there's definitely a pin in it. I definitely think they've definitely laid some groundwork to where you could see that being the most logical choice for what happens with that. Um, Netflix as its own, as its own entity at that stock price, you know, again, the, after that quarterly earnings report, if it has another dive like it had after the Q1 report. We'll all be having a very different different conversation about that, about what people could, what Netflix could be bought for at that point. Um, then my and can you know, Netflix be the one buying? I mean, why they don't necessarily also have to be bought, correct? They've shown no ap- appetite ever for acquisition um, outside of buying like video game kind of entities uh, to help grow that that small part of their business. But um, and I don't think they they have the wherewithal. I mean, there, there's the the Roku rumor out there, but I think. In this environment, in this economy, you know, having a reliable sense of your stock price and of your your market value to make a deal go through, uh, which is going to take months, is a little bit beyond anybody's reach. And getting that kind of that cheap money that used to be out there, you're going to yeah. be paying interest on that. So you're going to it's not going to be cheap to get the money you need to make that acquisition. So it's just not a great environment for it. And right, they and they've, they've also it. yeah, and they've just laid off a bunch of lawyers. And how is this? How would it get past antitrust regulators? Without- of, no, that's yeah. No, you're you're right. That's actually you know. I mean, it's getting to that stage of it where these getting under scrutiny. So I think you know all those factors make it a, a probably it'd be a very shocking thing if that was the case uh, at this point. I think, but. I still think uh, Google and Netflix as a tie-up is a very interesting idea, but I I know I'm standing alone on that one. So we'll see. Okay. How about um, you got Apple and Amazon as well intent on capturing some of the sports market, which is a very, very expensive endeavor. Uh, Maybe they don't care, but these are huge numbers. So how does that strategy affect the streaming business overall? And can Amazon and Apple convert the sports people to watching, say, you know, going from the Cowboys game to a Coda? Uh, the sports stuff is getting interesting. You know, 
I mean, Peacock's had, you know, Premier League soccer. Is anybody watching uh, Girls 5 ever after Premier League soccer? I, I don't really know, um, but it doesn't not seem me. to be the case. Not you. Okay, there we go. We have a <laughs> focus group of one. Um, yeah, they're spending money. Like, the big things are on the horizon, and that's going to be a thing called NFL Sunday Ticket, which is up for sale, which Apple has been rumored several times to be kind of the, you know, the the probable buyer of that. Um Amazon recently, back at all the our favorite cricket topic, they bowed out of that in India. They they before the auction even started, they were like, we're out on the Friday before the auction. So they're starting to show some little bit of that checkbook, maybe not being as wide open as we thought it was. And they bought a lot. You know, they bought Thursday night football, which they're going to see how this goes, uh, you know, come September. So they still have some more things to learn. Apple just launched Major League Baseball on Friday nights, you know, uh, this summer. So they're learning that too. Um, and these sports are you know, NBA and NFL are the big, big players. And I think, you know, the real... But really just the NFL, right? I, I mean, mean, NFL above head and shoulders in the U.S. I mean, yeah, there's no one that comes close to it, you know, even on any any possible metric. So the Thursday night football will be a learning. The Sunday ticket is up for sale. So that will probably... And no one's, you know, no broadcast is going to buy that. That's going to go to a streamer. And Apple just has so much money um, and an appetite for sports at this point. And then, so I think that's pretty obvious, but the real question will come up when the NBA deals go through. And it's really more a question of the, of broad, the traditional cable package versus streaming and not streamers versus each other. Because if Apple takes NBA from TNT, that's huge. And that's a big problem for Warner brothers discovery, because that's kind of the big plant, the flag that Zazlab has planted is sports is extremely important. He's cutting all the reality. He's cutting all the original programming on the cable networks. He's saying we are reruns of X, Y, and Z, and we are sports on our Turner networks. So if NBA goes from that deal or in the SPN as the other partner on NBA to a streaming service, that is a big deal. But the thing that you need to, or I think about with sports is that there's one thing to take a check, but there's also just cultural cultural relevancy. And that if you're on a streamer, if you're on, you know, ABC, people can, anybody can watch you. And all of a sudden, when you go to a streaming service, it's just going to be, who's going to, you know, uh, where, which, what channels and on what's, do I have it? You just, you just lose those people and you lose that. Just that. Yeah. Even you know, subscribers. Like, yeah. like I remember Thursday night football on, on prime. I was like, how do I find it? Like, I know I have problems. I, I don't know how to find the actual game itself. So, um, you know, it, 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 you do lose like people. You, but yeah. Do people that, still, but do yeah. people still watch sports? Just, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Depends which I, one, do. Yes. I, I, I mean, I definitely no, I, I, watch brokenheartedly a little bit of, uh, you know, the NBA finals, but um, I'm told they're very popular uh, sports. Uh, I was I was at, at, the, at the at the pool where I was. They had ESPN on the on on bar, and they were showing a, a dog diving competition that was uh, sensational. I gotta say, uh, so that is awesome. <laughs> Those rights are up for uh, auction too, Richard. So we'll see who bites on the uh, dog diving. Someone, business, but, someone you know, better yeah. get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but we'll, you know, that's, we'll see where it goes with it. Otherwise, you know, baseball is not, has never been, there's somebody, those are packages that broadcast quite frankly, didn't want and cable didn't want that Apple picked up, you know, so Thursday night football was a big get They're exclusively on, you know, previously it was also on Fox or on television this is the first year where it's only on Amazon. So that, and they spent a lot of money bringing over Al Michaels and they've just signed a bunch of football players. So they're putting a lot of money in this and we'll see when the ad campaign kicks off. But Thursday Night Football is a franchise. 
it's okay. See what the games are. It was never the priority of it. So it's a little bit of who's going to be playing and who's going to show up. And quite frankly, with that, if your local team is playing due to NFL rules, you can still, a local channel has to air it on television. So you're kind of losing the main audience for the games that you're putting on. I don't really care what the Atlanta, Minnesota game is, but you know, and the people in Atlanta and people in Minnesota can watch it on their local channel. It's a little bit of the efficacy is maybe questionable. So a lot to be, a lot to learn here, but um, if one of those packages for NBA or NFL goes to a streaming service, that's when the big, that's the big shift. All these other deals with major league soccer, baseball, are great, but they're not going to be, you know, a large scale shift in the ecosystem. Okay. Um, all right. So final question for this, uh, hot seat podcast, um, Richard, you're not watching sports on TV. What (laughs) exactly are you watching? Give the, the angler, uh, listeners, uh, something to uh, give them a recommendation. Well, uh, about at the breaking point, because there's uh, there there were so many shows on that, um, just just the number of shows that I'm already involved in that have new seasons on is is um, sort of uh, overwhelming to keep up with. Uh, but currently, I am watching uh, I, I'm watching four shows. Uh, uh, currently, I, the, I, when, when I get to four, I try to cap it right there. Uh, I'm doing. Uh, I, I'm watching Catch, Hacks on HBO the new season. I'm watching. You uh, and Janice I, love that one. Uh, the, it's uh, it, it, it keeps me with it. It's uh, with reservations, with 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 some strong reservations, but 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 it does keep me with it. Uh, the 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 aforementioned uh, for all mankind, um, and uh, the the boys has returned on Amazon. And my pick of the week, I guess, would be the new season of uh, The Kids in the Hall are back. The the legendary uh, sketch comedy troupe, one of the one of the great sketch comedy troops of all time, have a new season out in which they've they've really uh, they they they've really sort of embraced uh, the fact that they're old and they're not they're not sort of doing their twenty something sketches anymore, and it's all sketches about uh, about being old people. Um, so it's, 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 it's really funny and they're great. And I'm, uh, delighted to see them back. Okay. How about you, Sean? I write a daily morning newsletter. What am I watching television? Come on, you know, <laughs> geez. Um, <laughs> I kind of have, well, I watch it. I, I mean, clearly I'm watching some sports. So I was watching yeah, a lot yeah. of NBA finals. I was watching, I'm still watching the Stanley cup finals. So count me more on the, on the sports realm for, uh, you have time to watch like, guys like still going on. Uh, the Stanley Cup is still going on, so that that'll be no, Wimbledon. A, oh, oh, Wimbledon. That's coming up next week, I believe. I'm not a big tennis guy, but you know, just that's. But I'm happy to have it there. Um, the U.S. Open was this weekend, so I was. It's June is a very, very busy sports championship month, so across a lot of sports, that's kind of been where I'm at. But um, Westworld is returning this Sunday for a little plug to HBO, so that'll be a, a lot of uh, buzz going on around that, I'm sure. Um, and I was looking at my notes because I every day I'm, as a part of the wake up. I also put links to all the new things that are dropping on streaming. And have you guys heard of the man from Toronto? I, I've heard of this. Uh, I've heard good things, but I haven't watched it yet. Have you seen anything on it out there? Um, Not me. Okay. This is this movie was was at Sony and went to Netflix. It's Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson, big yeah, actors. It's... And I've seen. I just looked at my notes. I'm like, oh, it's dropping tomorrow. I I, I, I wrote I wrote I wrote something about that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago about the uh that the the sony was sony for all their 
vaunted commitment to to theatrical couldn't sell a, a Kevin Hart film somehow. And a, a, this isn't know, the first uh, Kevin Hart film that they jumped yeah. onto Netflix, if I'm not Father, mistaken. Fatherhood was that, yeah, 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 Fatherhood. Fatherhood. Yeah. 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 When you go to CinemaCon and you talk to the regional theater owners, um, for all their concern, there's two kinds of movies that exist. There's Dwayne Johnson movies and there's Kevin Hart movies. And and everything else <laughs> is just some sort of uh, academic filler that they have to eat up until they get to, to the real, the two categories of movies. And, uh, and somehow Sony couldn't figure out how to how to make this one work for them. Yeah, and I just and Netflix hasn't. I mean, usually Kevin, Kevin Hart movie, you're you're seeing something, or he's out there pushing it, or something like that. I, I've just uh, just it was a curious, like, oh, this is a big, pretty big movie. It was a they spent a lot of money on it, and I'm not seeing a lot of a lot of effort out of it uh, from a, a presence point of view. But um, oh, and uh, I will get again on brand. The Adam Sandler movie Hustle on uh, Netflix was very good, so I would recommend that as well. But that's a basketball movie, so I guess that's really more on brand for me. So uh, yeah, they're gonna bring ballers back for you, by the way. Like remember um, <laughs> uh, Dwayne Johnson that that show. <laughs> that was so that would be funny now because it was kind of in a way like a little bit i, I don't see that flying today it was like too kind of um yeah maybe tone deaf or something um I'll tell you, what, i'm watching what do you, yeah what do you girls watch five ever girls five ever on peacock um just, I, I i love it it's 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 cute um i am watching i just finished stranger things uh first volume of season four uh, scared the crap out of my kids, but um, it was definitely darker this season um, and scarier. Uh, I am watching a lot of reality crap like uh, Master Chef and Survivor. I'm a little bit late on Survivor. I totally forgot it was on. And I have a, peak, uh, a Paramount Plus subscription, so I can watch it at any time. Um, and I will watch Wimbledon, maybe. I'm traveling right now, so I, I, I'm a little bit. Uh, I gotta. Uh, See, that's I, that's you know. probably tough in LA, I would imagine, because that's that's early enough here that if you're gonna watch it live in LA, it must be you have to be at the crack of dawn to watch that stuff. But yeah, no, I'm 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 traveling here on the East Coast. Oh, I'm okay, not, uh, okay. But but I will I will try and um, I will try and check out. Uh, I like I like televised tennis, but um, mm-hmm. always looking for good recommendations. Um, some an executive the other day was raving about Gaslit, the Sean Penn, Julia Roberts stars show. I've had someone, uh, two other people, raved me about that as well. I do not have stars, um, but nor do I. Uh, the only, the, literally, the only one I don't have. The trailer was very. The trailers were very, very good, and I've had a few people this, this weekend recommend it uh, that it was it was excellent. So I, I'm I, I not was open. That far. I'm not open to hearing about anything else that might be good. I don't have. <laughs> Uh, there, there's no more room for a new well, a new good show to watch we'll come to you in july richard with some, uh, some new picks for you maybe Please. at that point but uh but i will give a, a small kudos back to stranger things you know netflix is dropping the second half of that right in the start of the third quarter so in terms of the subscriber count um that is a very very tactfully placed premiere on uh july 1st to see keep people uh you know tuned in uh for that coming up and i heard it was four hours for two quote-unquote episodes but i that was like wow so wow okay that's kind of like a baseball player coming off the dl when he's in a contract 
year, like right before the playoffs, you know, can't, can't hurt. Um, all right. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much, Richard and Sean, for joining us and uh, keep listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Anchor. We'll see you next week.